It's getting crazy out there. Headlines everywhere. The rich are getting richer. And the poor, well, you know what happens to them. Welcome to the one show that helps close that wealth gap. With the man who's been helping close wealth gaps for many, for millions. Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, Paul. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm good to hear your voice again. Welcome back. I know you took a couple months off with the COVID craziness here, but we're glad to have you back uh, in virtual studio here today. Uh, We've expanded our offering. We're now at the University of California Irvine's Applied Innovation Center. We're building out a new studio here, so someday when it's safe to come down, we'll get you to come down and do it in person again here. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be my pleasure. As a matter of fact, uh, we're doing this on on Zoom right now, so it looks great. What I see is it, it looks it's fantastic. Well, you know, you've taken the time like everybody else to uh, rethink your business and your business model, uh, as have we, as have everybody. So you're doing it from a home office now here through Zoom. Uh, how's that been working out for you as you as you find ways to socially distance and still help people uh, from remote and when you used to do it face-to-face? Well, I tell you what, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a, a line that they used in a movie called Moneyball. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt, he basically said, adapt or die. Adapt or die. That's adapt the name of the game. Well, so how we, how can we adapt these days? That's what I really want you to spend a few moments and talk about here. It isn't my show. It's your show. And I really want to hear how we can adapt to the most crazy crisis I've ever seen in my life. COVID has shut down the economy. People are getting kicked out of their houses here, and it seems to be a K kind of recovery. The rich are recovering like you always said. They're doing just fine, and the poor are falling off a cliff. Well, it goes back to the, the times that we're living in right now. A lot, of, a lot of wealthy people and a lot of corporations are beginning to understand that they're losing and market share by this income inequality and there's they're starting to they're starting to feel the pinch and the 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 fastest way to get any group or, or any entity to kind of believe in your plight or to uh to try to to help is for them to feel that same pain mm. and i liken it to uh, the salesman, it was door-to-door salesman, uh, uh, you know, doing his thing, knocking on doors, selling his wares. And he came across this one porch, this one house, and the gentleman was sitting on the porch, and there was a hound dog sitting on the porch with his with his mask. So <laughs> the, the, dog the, the dog had a mask on. on. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, so the dog was just moaning and groaning, moaning and groaning. And so, you know, the, the salesman, after about five minutes of this, like, you know, sir, I, you know, I don't mean to be rude or anything. He said, but I think your your dog is in some kind of distress. He's over there moaning and groaning. He said, oh, don't worry about him. He's just over there laying down on the nail. And the guy kind of scratched his head a little bit, says he's laying down on the nail. He said, well, why don't he get up and move? He said, it's not hurting him enough for him to get up and move. It's just hurting him enough for him to moan and groan. <laughs> and so wealthy people now they're starting to feel the pinch to whereas they're starting to move. They're not going to moan and groan about it anymore. They're starting to move. And it's, and it's starting to hit them in the pocket. And so I was reading an article a couple of days ago, and another friend of mine, another associate sent me 
a confirmation where J.P. Morgan Chase has allocated $30 billion, that's with a B, to, to narrowing the racial wealth gap. Really? Let's get you to let's get you to narrow the gap between you and your Michael a bit. We got to get you to lean up a little bit. You're leaning too far back there. There we go. How about now? That's better. Okay. Yeah, they're they're, they're allocating thirty billion dollars to to narrow the racial wealth gap. When a lot of people in this country don't even think that systemic racism even exists. Yeah. Right. Now, and why so would they? The why would is, they care? Why you know it, it's it's. How does that affect them? Why would they devote money to this other than they want to look noble? Well, it, the, the, the issue is you got a lot of people right now that are going unbanked. Yeah. And the IRS, the IRS figured out or found that out the hard way when they passed the first stimulus. And a lot of people, they had filed their taxes, but they didn't have a bank account. So they couldn't get the money. So now you have... You have billions of dollars sitting at the IRS right now simply because people are unbanked. Yeah. And when we were talking about the unbanked, a lot of times you're talking about minorities. And so also going back to this, 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 the I'm always, panel, a, I'm always surprised. I'll just interrupt for one second. I have, we live in orange County. There's a lot of, uh, um, um, minority groups here, particularly Vietnamese and Indian and Philippine and and uh, Iranian groups, and so many of those groups, not just Hispanics that came here uh, across the border, but people who've lived here for a while in, in Little Saigon who just don't have a bank account. They either don't believe in it, they don't know how to do it, they don't trust it, they don't have any, uh, they're, they're suspect of coming out of the shadow and telling anybody they're here, even if they're here legally. That's just a mindset that. Uh, it is. It is. It's a mindset. And believe it or not, right after the Civil War, when they had the Freeman's Bank, mm-hmm. when a lot of African Americans, you know, they put all of their money, they put all their deposits in the Freeman Bank, and they changed the laws, and the Freeman Bank went broke, it went bust. So a lot of black people over the years, just based on generational knowledge, refused to put their money in the bank because of mistrust. I had the same so thing. Going back, going back to today, as far as the, the systemic racism, um, what they found was that a lot of minorities ended up uh, with the COVID-19 disease. And so yes. what they thought was what they thought was that, or the, the virus, what they thought was that uh, it, was, it was had something to do uh, with, with uh, biology or genome, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, the, what the reality was when they ran the numbers, it's just that a lot of minorities, a lot of blacks and Latinos could not afford to isolate. Mm-hmm. They couldn't afford to stay home. So they had to go back to work. And so they had to put themselves in harm way, harm's way. And so when they did contract the virus, when they went back home, they didn't have uh, an extra room or an attic or a basement where they could self-isolate. Mm-hmm. So other people in the family got sick. And in so many cases, they're they're side. living in a smaller space with more people, more people packed into a smaller space, so it spreads even worse, right? And then the, the financial aspect of it is a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs uh, because of COVID. And what a lot of people, they're not considering is that when you look at the unemployment rate right now, 
uh, is skyrocketing for the African-American community. Mm -hmm. So if people are losing their incomes, they're losing their livelihoods, they can't pay their bills on time. So if they can't pay their bills on time, what's happening to their credit rating? Yeah, It's being trashed. And so now their, their savings are being depleted, which a lot of, there was a study that came out by the, um, uh, 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 by the uh, Federal Reserve Bank. And they said, basically, 30, 37% of Americans can't even come up with a with $400 for an emergency. Wow. That's, that's hard to, it's hard to fathom. I mean, $400 doesn't seem like that much money here in America today here. But the reality is just a couple of years ago, Paul, the number was $500. <laughs> it dropped from 500 to 400. Wow. And so the, so what they're saying is that when people find themselves, when they have some type of financial despair, uh, they're going to do a couple of things because a lot of times they have to solve that problem. So what they're going to do is they're going to borrow money from a credit card. They're either going to uh, try to get a loan. Uh, they're either going to try to get the money from friends or family, mm-hmm. or they're going to mm-hmm. try to get a payday loan. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? It 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 creates it it, it widens that wealth gap mm-hmm. even further. You always because talk what they of- found is that even when people take out payday loans, a lot of times they don't just get the payday loan and they pay the loan back. They take out the loan again and again and again. And all they're doing is paying interest on the same $400. Digging a deeper hole. Maybe six months ago. One of the things that always struck me about your show is that you always made the point, you know, this wealth gap, the people who have wealth do two things. One, they put that wealth to work. work. That that wealth works for them. They're not working to pay the bills. They're working to build their wealth. Absolutely. We're just working to pay our bills. We're just looking for the next month to the next month to the next month. We're just holding on all the time here. And maybe we get a little extra and then we blow it on something fun or a trip or a car or something here. But you're always talking about put, make your money work for you. And the right. second thing you always talk about that I never forgot was the wealthy, no matter if it's good times or bad times, they got a plan to get through it. And, and Paul, I tell you what, it's a it's a mindset. Right. And, and that's what I'm you know, right now we're we're talking about the symptoms or right now we're talking about the effects. Right. But I want to get to the I want to get to based on the cause, as far as the mindset that causes people to focus on building income producing assets. So whereas in good times, their their wealth is growing, uh, they're increasing in value. So that when the bad times comes, all they're doing is pulling from resources that they've already allocated for this time. Right. So that they can mm-hmm. ride the storm out. And then when the good times come again, they just replenish uh, what they depleted, right? But if, right. if there's if you're on the other side of that gap, and there's nothing there, when the bad times come, it it accelerates them or multiplies them by a factor of one hundred. Exactly, because uh, one feeds the other. So it's is it a well that we have to build and stock up when 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 it's when the when it's raining money, we got to fill the well up, and then when. So we can draw down that well when we need to, 
Is that a good analogy? Or you talk about the family nest egg all the time. Well, talk here's about the thing, that. though. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I'm going to get into the family nest egg, but I want to. I want to preface it by. I got to prop it, uh, prep it by saying, most people um, only focus on income and expense, meaning that you have a job mm-hmm. and you know how much money you're making per week. Mm-hmm. You know what your paycheck is going to be, and you are you hear it based on. Uh, terminology and language. A lot of people are working, they got to go to work so they can pay their bills. Yeah, right. Isn't that everybody? Right. They're going to work so they can pay their bills. But who are they paying their bills to? Nine times out of 10, it's somebody wealthy, a wealthy person, a wealthy corporation, Mm -hmm. a wealthy um, uh, municipality, whatever it is. So they're, they're, in essence, they are an income-producing asset for everybody else but themselves. So I'm an asset on somebody else's balance sheet here. I'm, exactly. I, I'm, I'm a pretty. Exactly. They're counting on Paul to keep paying them here. The the county, <laughs> the country, the bank, the credit card company. Yeah. And it's cash flow. Right. To, for you, you are a line or a multiple stream of income. When you look at subscribers, we'll see that subscriber bus- button and we'll hit. We'll hit it almost nine nine out of ten times. Sure. And now they're taking nine dollars or ten dollars or fifteen dollars. Five dollars. Uh, it's five dollars every month. month. Yeah, right. For Netflix and, and, or something. And, and yeah. you're saying, you know, oh, that's no big deal. But I want you to take that five dollars or that ten dollars, and I want you to multiply it times three million a month. A month. A month. Well, it so was, again, I think it was the great William Wrigley who invented Wrigley's gum. The first guy to ever sell chewing gum to all Americans, and everybody yes. was hooked on it. And he said, "I don't need to make much from every. If I got a nickel from every customer in the country, add it up." And Paul, that's a mindset. So the wealthy, they don't work for money. Wealthy people create networks, and so it goes back. Like I said, you got to have. If you want to be wealthy, you got to get out of that point. As far as saying. I want to be wealthy, and you have to mimic what wealthy people are doing. Yeah, right. So wealthy people don't work for money. What they do is they create assets or income-producing assets so that they don't have to work. And like I said, you either have an income-producing asset or you have to go into the mirror, look look at the guy in the mirror, and just know that you are the income-producing asset for somebody else. That's a reality (laughs) check. That's a that's a uh, that's a that's a, that's cold, a hard cold reality hard check. Reality check, and so you have to you have to ask yourself: Do you want to continue like this uh, on the trajectory that you're on, or do you want to solve this problem as far as having this roller coaster in, from this um, uh, boomer bust economy that you're living in? Yeah. Because believe me, most people think about the 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 U.S. economy, or they think about the macro uh, economic portion. But what they never really understand is that they have a personal economy. As long as you have income and expenses, you have a personal economy that you have to manage. And how your, your lifestyle, your financial lifestyle will tell you whether or not you're passing that test. If you're always thinking, if you're always talking about what you want and you want to go on vacation or you want to go to this restaurant or you'd like to drive this nice car or you'd like to have money in the 
the bank or you'd like to contribute to uh, your retirement plan. And if you can't do those things, your, your economy is telling you, you are not in the position to do it. So you can want all you want to, but if you don't have a plan in place and you are not working that plan on a consistent basis, it'll always be a dream. And that's what it is for most of us. You're making me furrow my brow and 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 grimace in pain here because you know you're describing ninety nine percent of us. Well, I would say ninety five percent of us. Okay. Because there you got that top one percent. You got people look at the ninety nine percent, they don't look at the top one percent. Right. But what they do is they lump that there's a four percent, a four percentile uh, of of people in the United States, a group that are wealthy. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about money, meaning that when you look at the top one percent, a lot of times they're considered as being uh, being rich, right? But they have money problems. They just you may have a you may have a hundred dollar money problem, where they may have a hundred million dollar money problem. Yeah, right. Same problem is just the volume is different, and I'm talking about as far as the ninety the the ninety five percent versus the one percent. The, the four percentile, the wealthy people that focus on not just income uh, income and expense, but they focus on assets and liabilities. They mm-hmm. focus on, like, like, like you said earlier, the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. You have an income statement and you have a balance sheet. They focus on that balance sheet. And let me ask you, let me, let me ask you another question, Paul. Okay. I want, I'm just, and, um, I want you to think about this. All right. People, people will spend years and they'll spend thousands of dollars trying to get into the workforce so that they can generate an income. Sure. And they'll they'll get a new job, and the first thing that they'll try to do, or that employer will want to do, is give them specific knowledge about that job. The second thing they're going to do is they're going to train them right. on how 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 to do the job. Right. And we all know this, just like with the military. You don't just when you join the military, you don't just go right into the field. No, you go through basic training first. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that with money? Why don't we train people just that just to get the basic understanding of income and expense, assets and liabilities? Why don't we do that as a society, as a group, as a as a community? I don't know. Deep sigh. You know, there must be some hidden reason for it. Maybe by keeping us all dumb, they keep us on the treadwheel, uh, uh, acting as an asset for somebody else. But that's probably too harsh. I don't know. I don't know why we don't get money literacy. I, we teach people how to re- read, but we don't know how to read a balance sheet. You know what? That's that's an excellent point. But how can you teach somebody to read unless you've taught them how to spell first? Yeah, the process. And so a lot of people find themselves in the process, not knowing how they got there and not knowing how they're going to get out. And all of a sudden that becomes the norm and they function on that level for 20, for 10, 20, 30 years. Right. So, again, wealthy people focus on that, the asset column that becomes their business. So if I can just get people to focus to change their mindset and not think about uh, uh, making X amount of dollars from their job. Because a lot of times when people find themselves in a financial hole, it's the first thing they want to think they think about is getting another job. Right. So now you got two jobs or three jobs. 
Again, that's a mindset. What you need to focus on is how can I increase, how do I increase my income? So how can I increase my service? What, what can I do to create an income stream where I don't have to work for money? We're going to talk about this in lots of shows here. There is no answer to that in two minutes, but that's why people tune into your show. Because one, as it says on the banner behind you, we need a coach. We don't learn how to play baseball on our own, not at a very high level. We don't learn how to go fight a war. Uh, they don't just hand you a gun and say, go out there and run up the hill. Uh, you got to work together as a team. You got to learn how to operate the 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 weapons you got to learn what 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 you got in your arsenal and how to fight back with it you got to learn these skills exactly and exactly. you need some kind of coach you need a drill sergeant you need somebody to put you through this and it isn't something easy to do that's the other problem i hear people all the time i'm looking for that easy money i'm looking for that quick paycheck i'm looking for that job that i get to do lots of lots of money and no work why do we have this idea that the wealthy are lazy that the wealthy don't work at it well paula i tell you this much um the great jim roney had a saying a saying that you know it's certain things are easy to do but they're also easy not to do yeah yeah. they're easy to put off yeah and so if you don't understand something uh it it, it, it's like it's foreign to you until you understand it and then you can you can literally take that and apply what you understand and then you just build on it and practice does make things more efficient yeah but if you look at any professional athlete that's worth their salt there's always a coach in the background always oh michael jordan perhaps one of the greatest players of all time said he could not have gotten where he did without a coach he was good and he could have gotten to a level, but to get to that last 5% that takes you from good to great, that takes you from the poor, working stiff into the wealthy uh, ranks of the players, the elite players, that last 4 or 5% is hard to go. It's like losing weight. I can lose go five, lose 5 pounds tomorrow, water weight or whatever. That next 5 pounds, that's the tough one that's going to really take some determination to get there. Exactly, and it's going to take a habit. Because yeah, success, yeah. success is nothing more than a habit. Yeah, that's all it is. So let me give you, let me give you one key that a lot of the, the, the rich and the wealthy are doing uh, when when they have times of of, of chaos. All right, that'll because be our tip for today. As we wind up today, because we you give them too much, you can't force feed this to people. So every week, I know you like to end up giving them a tip, something tangible, something takeaway here. What's your yeah? Take but here's away the thing, though. The one thing I, I want people to walk away with today is the, the, a nest egg, having, having a, a nest egg. Okay. And the wealthy, the rich and the wealthy, they call it a family bank. Hmm. It's a family bank. And so when a lot of people find themselves to where they don't have capital, I don't care if, you, if it's borrowed capital, I don't care if it's working capital, it, it, it's capital. It's an infusion of cash so that they can go from point A to point B. Wealthy people have solved that problem by having what's called their own nest egg or family bank, where they use in some it, you can use gold or silver, whatever. But for the ninety-five percent, a lot of people don't even have life insurance because that. they don't yeah. understand the concept of life insurance. But I can sure I can tell you, Paul, the, the the wealthy and the rich understands life insurance. 
And I'll give you an example. When Walt Disney had a concept of Disneyland Mm -hmm. and he didn't have the investors because he he had to have backing to do this. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a known fact that he pulled money out of his own life insurance policy. Really? I didn't capitalize that that idea. Because life insurance isn't just for the future protection of others. It is an asset that you build if you get whole life insurance, I assume, not just term life, but if you get whole life and it's building up some equity to it, some balance to it, some, some, uh, some amount that you, then it's something you can borrow against or draw well, upon at different this, times. There's a lot of seniors right now that bought term life insurance mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the kids are gone. They don't have all these other responsibilities that they had. But they still got this term life insurance policy yeah. that had no cash in it. Right. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of seniors are literally selling those life insurance policies for hundreds and thousands of dollars. I didn't know that, no. Absolutely. So some people think, well, life insurance, you know, it's a ripoff or, you know, I got to wait till I'm dead to get the money. Yeah, it's but something no, I pay for and I'll never see. Yeah. Right. So I'll never see it. But again, again, let's say if you have a life insurance policy, and I'm going back to the, keep the emphasis on the family bank because let's say if you have a life insurance policy and all of a sudden you find out you you have a terminal illness do you know that there are living benefits in that policy that you can literally go to the insurance company and they let's say if there's an experimental treatment that your uh that your health insurance provider doesn't cover Mm -hmm. you can literally take the money out of your life insurance policy to take care of that medical expense no i don't think a life insurance is a is a as an asset, I think of it as, as a prevention. It, it, it only, it's like car insurance. I'm never going to get anything out of it except it's there if I need it, but hopefully I'll never need it. I'll never use it. So it's just money out. It's just money I've spent to cover some contingency down the road here. And you're absolutely right. And that's how a lot of people think based on mindset. But imagine if you had a life insurance policy that has X amount of cash in it. And I had a, had a, conversation with a person the other day that had over 30 years in the business and they literally told me they don't like whole life insurance they would never buy whole life insurance and they would never recommend it to a client Mm -hmm. i said okay she said and the issue was that because you you don't if you when a person dies you don't get the death benefit and the cash value and i said a lot of people have a need for finance more so than they have a need for death benefit Mm -hmm. case in point imagine you wanted to start a business or imagine you wanted to buy a car or something. Mm-hmm. Let's say if you had X amount of money in your life insurance policy, to, whereas you don't have to qualify for the loan. There's no applications or any of that. You just go to the insurance company, tell them how much money you need. Let's say if you want to buy a car, $25,000 car, and you have the money in your policy, you can take that, literally take that money out of your life insurance policy, go and buy the car. Now the car is paid for, so it can it can never be repossessed, and you still own that car, and you still own the life insurance policy. So contractually, you can literally just keep that money and never put it back into the policy. But imagine this: imagine if you did put the money back into the policy, and you're paying interest to yourself to do this. Once you pay, put the money back into the policy. Guess what? Now you have the car and you got the $25,000 back 
and you still have the life insurance policy. You're talking magic here. Uh, we're going to have to come back and hear this every week here because you're the magician. <laughs> you always find some way of twisting this thing around here. Most of us are struggling in day-to-day existence. And when the days get tough like they have, times get tough and people get in trouble. And then they start borrowing money and the debt piles and piles and piles and grows and you build the bigger and bigger, bigger hole for yourself here. So for the next volume, the next episode, we're going to talk about people establishing their own nest egg and their own family bank. So when times are tough, they don't have to borrow the money from somebody else. They can borrow it from themselves wow, that with interest and pay it back. Imagine if everybody had that mindset, if everybody imagine. had that simple that simple step in place. All right, tell them how they get in touch with you. If they need a coach or if they need a, if they need a financial advisor, how do they reach out to Tyrone French? www.tyronefrench.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or they can call my office at 562 562- Four nine eight four three one six. But you'd be better served at just going to my website, TyroneFrench.com. All of my all of my information is right there. Even I even have a mobile app that they can download on their phone for free, so that they can have contact with me. Wow. All right. Well, if nothing else, come and listen as Tyrone French starts up again his his very radical, very different approach to building wealth and to closing the wealth gap. We appreciate uh, having you here, and I look forward to hearing more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. You don't have to end up like so many others, stressed on the losing end of the wealth gap. Why don't you try and close that wealth gap, even a little? Costs nothing. Come on in each and every week as we talk to Tyrone French about closing the wealth gap in your life. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.